In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Brendan Kilcoyne coming to you at the Brendan Option, courtesy of Immaculata Productions. You are very welcome. Would you just take a second to hit the subscribe button and help us out? A few quid if you can afford it through Patreon or PayPal or however. And please keep the prayers going and the comments coming. Thank you. Today we're talking about the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Now, let's put a bit of flesh on those those dry bones. Okay. Uh, there in Isaiah 53, the first reading, you have a, a classic image from Isaiah, the suffering servant. Now, you have this to an extent as well in Jeremiah. Yeah, where you, you have the prophet as the servant of God um, who, is, who is basically cast off, stoned, ostracized, oppressed by the, commu- the very community to whom he has brought the message. Is that the community behaves as indeed the very ancient Greeks used to behave. It has, it has tried to kill the messenger who brought the bad news. And then you go into um, Mark 10 in the Gospel. And in the Gospel, you have James and John, the sons of Zebedee, decide to make a play. Hmm? They decide to uh, go for broke. And they ask Jesus for places of honour in his kingdom. And Jesus basically says to them, uh, you two, you, you don't get it, do you? You just don't get it. Oh, look, it's not your fault. The entire human race was dropped on its head as a baby. I mean, you know, original stupidity on top of original sin. You know, the places on my right, on my left, that the, the Father gives those. Now, he says, you want honour in the kingdom? He, he says, can you go where I'm going? Can you drink what I'm going to drink? Can you do that? We can, absolutely. We're with you, boss. We're there. We have your back. And he says, fair enough, fair enough. You're signed up. Yeah, you'll get the whole Monty, the full Monty, but um, places on my right and my left, but that's a matter for the Father. It's a great time to reflect on what it is to follow Christ, what it is to follow God. I, I mean... I don't think it is possible to do this, and I'm not referring to the priesthood. I'm referring to all of Christianity. I don't think it is possible to do this with any kind of, I won't say assurance, with any kind of hope of doing it well, and there is no point in doing it otherwise. I don't think it's possible to do this unless you have a sense, a belief, a faith 
a real a real belief a real faith a gnawing suspicion at the very least you know it's the real thing because it gnaws it chews it bites that you are loved by God completely see it's like it's like on it's like borrowing with no security you're not a very attractive prospect it's it's like you've got nothing behind you that's why the saints did what they did that's why they do what they do that's why the martyrs did what they did and do what they do they f- they believe themselves loved by God. To be loved by God is to be affirmed in the very core of your being with complete assurance of a future. Now, you don't always feel that that, that, that assurance is complete. Sometimes it's no more than the gnawing suspicion that I mentioned. But it should bite if it's the real thing. So uh, there is no point in my giving you the hard sell about discipleship here. I I can't possibly do any better than our Lord could. There is no point in my giving you that hard sell if what I'm selling is not worth paying for. Because this will cost you, in Eliot's phrase, not less than everything in worldly terms. Can we put this in material terms, I'm beginning to wonder whether we are not going to end up um, a socio-economic underclass as we are in the Muslim countries, uh, as we were in the Roman Empire for a good deal of its history. Because we're simply not trusted to function at any higher level. I'm just bouncing this very unwelcome ball because I see all of these Catholic schools and I was in the same business and I did the same things. All right, I'm not knifing anyone, I'm not digging at anyone, I'm, I'm just bouncing this ball, but I'm doing it honestly. I'm throwing in the ball for a real fight, a real game, proper discussion. Are we not maybe at a point at which we should accept that we're looking at a few hundred years of being an underclass, socio-economic underclass? Will Catholics really be trusted in the, in the, in the upper professions, as, as they're called? Will Catholics be trusted in teaching? Will Catholics be trusted in government? I mean, I've said for a long time that I can't see how a devout Catholic can function now in most Western European uh, parliamentary cultures uh, above the level of an elected deputy. I'm beginning to wonder even about that. But I, I, in fairness, I do think probably you could still win a seat in Parliament without selling Christ down the swanee. I don't see at this stage, the way things are going, how you could occupy a chair uh, in Cabinet. I'm I'm sorry, I just don't. And what about the medical profession? How long before Catholics are gradually squeezed out of that? Because a Catholic cannot perform abortions. Sorry, maybe I wasn't clear enough about that. 
A Catholic cannot not, 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 cannot perform an abortion. And I'm not referring to the procedures that may be necessary if a mother's life is, is immediately and acutely at risk. It's a separate discussion. So where are we with that? A Catholic doctor has no business prescribing contraceptives. You heard this? Oh, I'm sorry, was I not supposed to say that? Ooh. I'm beginning to feel like I used to as a small boy with mats. I was useless at them. All that red when you got it back. You know, a lot of red. A lot of red. You know? So, I mean, where are we there? Catholic lawyers? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe we can have Catholic lawyers. Maybe like a Better Call Saul. Okay, maybe with a Catholic lawyers like Saul, you know, slightly, slightly seedy, slightly disreputable, okay. I don't know, lawyers who'll just take incredible chances for their client but aren't really at the centre of things. Look, I'm just bouncing this stuff and just saying, okay, I'm just saying. The suffering servant, the seats on his right and on his left, that won't be happening. The cup that we have to drink. Ah, there's eating and drinking it. Good pint of the black, huh? Let me pull you a good orthodox pint of Catholicism here. Look at the head on that. Oh, delish. I don't know. I don't know. I have a feeling we need to be getting our heads around this. And there are other issues. I mean, I've heard young Catholic women talk to me about um, uh, the difficulty they're having now in finding Catholic, faithful men to marry. And I've got to a point at which I would nearly advise some believers to try to find um, a, a, a devout Pentecostal Protestant or, or, or a Christian of some denomination to marry who is at least a believer rather than marrying a bad Catholic. Was it Mother Teresa who said her greatest fear was bad Catholics? And what's a bad Catholic? No, I'm not saying a bad Catholic is somebody who sins. I'm saying a bad Catholic is somebody who sins and calls it virtue. A bad Catholic is somebody who doesn't think that they're... That they're, that they're Oh, I was going to be rude. I'm not allowed to be rude, I think. <sighs> you get the picture. I think we need to accept, I've said this a hundred times, accept where we are and we need to start colouring in that picture. So I want Catholics to start thinking about this. How far can you expect to go in your job before you end up in trouble? for being faithful. How far can you expect, like, uh, what jobs can you expect to go into? How far can you expect to go in business? Would it be better for Catholics to forswear public service, for example, which is a terrible thing for citizens to have to do, but we might have to do it. Or, or, or is it possible to stay in the public service but accept that we won't get promotion? Who was it in, in was it, uh, I can't remember, I think it's one, of, it's a Sebastian Barry play. I can't remember, it's the retired RIC officer 
Ah, he said, there was never enough bread on that uniform. There might be much bread on your uniform. Yeah? I mean, are you willing to do that? Where Catholics, let's say, could become guards, maybe sergeants, but certainly not aspire to more. Do you see where I'm going with this? Where Catholics could perhaps be teachers, but certainly couldn't be principals, or career guidance teachers, guidance counsellors, anything pastoral. Do you see where I'm going? Where a Catholic, for instance, could be a nurse, but probably not a head nurse, or even a ward sister, if that's what they still call them. Yeah, you see? I, 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 I'm sorry about this. I'm genuinely sorry about it. Because we have a Catholic school system and it, it's, it's in some ways an excellent system. And it's producing people who get absolutely staggering points, a lot of them, every year. And it is quite naturally encouraging its students to be all that you can be. But I'm just asking you if really, I mean, we've already had this conversation and I'm not digging at people, if our school system is genuinely Catholic. Because if it was genuinely Catholic, would it be encouraging people to go into some of these professions? It would certainly be encouraging people to study. We revere study. We revere study. Learning is, is, is our second nature. But I'm afraid you're going to have some situations here like you, like you had, let's say, with um, people after the fall of communism where there were people with doctorates coming over and they counted themselves lucky to get jobs in Western countries, maybe, dry, you know, d d doing something comparatively menial because there just weren't enough jobs for all these qualified people. I'm, I'm just saying you may have Catholics with doctorates um, working quite ordinary jobs to make a living, to put food on the table. That's all I'm saying. If you ever see a film, The Pawnbroker, I think it was made about perhaps 1968 or 9 with Rod Steiger. It's more like a play. The Pawnbroker. I do recommend you see it. The Pawnbroker has the numbers tattooed on the inside of his arm. He was a professor. He ended up in one of the camps, a Jewish professor, somewhere in Eastern Europe. Now he's a pawnbroker in Harlem, in one of the seediest, most run-down areas of the city. And this is what he does. And it's, it's a very, it's a very interesting reflection on the whole Jewish thing. Maybe this is a time when we are going to have to wear the yellow star. I don't say that to upset anyone. Please don't feel that I'm trivialising the Holocaust. I do not mean to do that. I'm just saying Catholics need not apply. The suffering servant, my friends, the suffering servant, it's not just a nice poetic image. But I leave it there. I'm conscious that I've already outstayed my welcome and ruined your evening. I tend to do that. 
you'll deduce from that I don't get asked out much. If you have the stomach for it, we'll see you again soon. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>